0: loving father in heaven we are grateful to you lord for giving us the privilege of life we thank you dear father for the spiritual blessings that you bestow on our pathway you give to us your spirit and you grant to us the protection and services of the holy angels our lord jesus is ministering for us in the sanctuary all the time and we say thank you lord for these things We look forward to being with you in your kingdom, but now is our time of preparation. Therefore, we pray that as we fellowship with you, that you would grant to us of your spirit and grant us understanding, wisdom, and knowledge. Help us, Lord, to rightly divide the word of truth. Lord, consecrate me to your service. And for the sake of your Son, Jesus, that died on the cross of Calvary for our sins, Lord, Lord, speak through me that i may speak as the oracles of god as your spirit gives me utterance do this O lord and take the glory in jesus name i pray amen Conflict and Courage, December 29 God Remembers His Own Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea! For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Revelation chapter 12, verse 12 In all ages, God's appointed witnesses have exposed themselves to reproach and persecution for the truth's sake. Joseph was maligned and persecuted. David, the chosen messenger of God, was hunted like a beast of prey by his enemies. Stephen was stoned because he preached Christ and Him crucified. Paul was imprisoned, beaten with rods, stoned, and finally put to death. John was banished to the Isle of Patmos for the Word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. These examples of human steadfastness bear witness to the faithfulness of God's promises, of His abiding presence and sustaining grace. They testify to the power of faith to withstand the powers of the world. The season of distress and anguish before us will require a faith that can endure weariness delay, and hunger, a fate that will not faint, though severely tried. Many of all nations and of all classes, high and low, rich and poor, black and white, will be cast into the most unjust and cruel bondage. The beloved of God pass weary days, bound in chains, shut in by prison bars, sentenced to be slain, Some apparently left to die of starvation in dark and loathsome dungeons. No human hand is ready to lend them help. Will the Lord forget his people in this trying hour? Did he forget faithful Noah when judgments were visited upon the antediluvian world? Did he forget Lot when the fire came down from heaven to consume the cities of the plain? Did he forget Elijah? when the oath of Jezebel threatened him with the faith of the prophets of Baal? Did he forget Jeremiah in the dark and dismal pit of his prison house? Did he forget the three wordies in the fiery furnace or Daniel in the den of lions? Though enemies may thrust them into prison, yet dungeon walls cannot cut off the communication between their souls and Christ. One who sees their every weakness, who is acquainted with every trial, is above all earthly powers, and angels will come to them in lonely cells, bringing light and peace from heaven. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is God Remembers His Own. A time of crisis is coming. The world is preparing for it it is a crisis such as never has been or such as never will be experienced after it the book of revelation 12 verse 7 down to 13 tells us about a war that was fought in heaven between michael referring to jesus christ and his angels and the dragon and his own angels the dragon lost that battle and ever since he lost that battle He waged war against the people of God. Reading from verse 12 and 13 of Revelation 12, it says, Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast onto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man child. Now, who is this woman? Revelation twelve verse seventeen tells us that the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. You see, it is very important to note that Satan's wrath as described here is not just against all humanity but it is well calculated and specifically directed against those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now what is the nature of this war that the devil has been fighting against the commandment keepers? Of course it has to be about bringing about a state of things where people who keep the commandments of God will be singled out for destruction. He has been doing it for years. But as we come nearer to the close of time, oh my, such people who keep the commandments of God, they are going to be facing the ire of Satan. How does he do it? He uses men as his agents and employs various means. This day with God, page 309. Paragraph 4-6 says, Satan was once the most glorious angel in the heavenly courts, but he allowed the desire for supremacy to take possession of him, and he was expelled from heaven. He came to this earth and entered with great zeal into commercialism, and unless we stand loyal and true by the side of Prince Emmanuel, we shall be ensnared in the future which is today. Strange things will happen. I tell you this so that you may not be surprised at what takes place. We shall all need to maintain a close connection with the Lord. The end is much nearer than when we first believed. Under the leadership of Satan, there are men who today are doing all in their power to plunge the world into commercial strife. Thus, Satan is trying to bring about a condition of things that will make the world uncivilized. He desires to see strange things acted out, which God, who is too wise to err, has not ordained. But the Lord, yes, our God, will be ruler of the heavens and the earth. If men and women will carry out his requirements, it will be seen that he is ruler, carrying out his divine will." End of quote. So here we see that one way that Satan came with the wrath in this earth is to use men and women as his agents to bring about the state of things that is something like a commercial strife, economic meltdown. What does he want to do with the economic meltdown? We read now that he wants to make the world, as the people in it, to be uncivilized. What does this mean? It's not referring to people losing technology and um, basic social amenities. The uncivilized behavior is what he wants to bring about by bringing about commercial or economic strife. You have seen now what is going on 2022 in the whole world. Mostly, is it affecting the Western countries Europe and the US price of food has gone up energy prices has gone up they are all skyrocketing they are looking forward to a winter we are in the winter right now that is going to be very dire for them the riots have been rising all over the countries in Europe and people are now uncivilized they are clamoring there is trouble who brought about this satan using people enemies who against the people of the world world economic forum you've heard of them klaus schwab noah harari bill gates and all such people the elite they are bringing about a state of things that will make them control the world but satan has a plan of course it is to bring the commandment keepers into prominence because when he brings his solution to the problem he will make it to be such that those commandment keepers are going to be called the troublers of the world another thing again we'll read is in the book desire of ages in the book this day with god again page 312 paragraph 2 down to 4 to see another way that satan's wrath is shown on the people of god It says Satan is not dead or palsied and he prepares minds by degrees to become imbued with his spirit and to work after the same manner as he works against those who bear responsibilities in the work of God for these last days. In the future, of course, that's today, Satan's last exploits will be carried out with more power than ever before. He has learned much and he is full of scientific scheming. To make of no effect the work that is under the supervision of the one who came to the Isle of Patmos to educate John and to give him instruction to be given to the churches. Every, take note of these words now, every ingenious device will be used, then again, every possible method taken advantage of to lead men to live a lie that the truth, which is the commandments of God, shall not stand as God designed it to stand, to prepare a people through the sanctification of the Holy Spirit to stand firm as a rock to principle. There are those who do not humble their hearts before God and who will not walk uprightly. They hide their true purposes and keep in fellowship with the fallen angel. Do you know that some men are actually having communication with the demons? It says here they hide their true purposes and keep in fellowship with the fallen angel who loveth and make it a lie. The enemy puts his spirit upon the men whom he can use to deceive those who are partially in the dark. End of quote. Do you see how Satan is working? Using every ingenious device. What are the devices? You know, this thing I just read now. I had a devotion with children and we read it. And I pointed them to the TV, the tablet and all of that. I said, these are devices. They are not bad in and of themselves, but Satan will use them, all of them. And then, what does he want to bring about? Lies. And guess what? While discussing with them, it led to them telling me that this world is millions of years old. And I asked them, how do you know that? And they said, they watched it on the TV and they began to argue with me, we are sure that this world is a million years old and that dinosaurs existed millions of years ago. Ah how do you know they said we watched it on the tv we should understand something children i now understand more clearly they don't know the difference between lies and truth they just believe everything they see from the tv in every engineer's device and every method that's what we're told that satan will use he already put his seed in these children's mind and it was a work for me to remove it from their minds it was a work And I don't know if it is completely done because they have believed a lot of lies. And that's what we read in this day with God, page three, twelve, paragraph 3. Satan is fighting the commandment keepers. And how does he do that? He wants to lead them to live a lie that the truth shall not stand. Where do we want the truth to stand? Just in the air? No, in our lives. He has uprooted the truth through these devices and through the various methods whether it is through acting of movies or doing of documentaries or just mere education on, those are the things he uses I'm not saying those things are bad but I'm just saying that these are devices and methods of course the movies is, is completely out of, out of place those ones, no out of place completely Satan is the one using those things now, World Economic Forum like we talked about economic strife men are having communication with this fallen angel they are keeping fellowship with him they know what they are doing This fallen angel is giving them direction and what do you think he's going to tell them to do? We have read in Revelation 12 verse 17 that his wrath is against commandment keepers. In the end, what is he going to do? He's going to use these men who are having fellowship with him to bring about a state of things that is setting the stage to bring to prominence the commandment keepers. It won't be long and those who keep the commandments of God will be singled out as the troublers of the world. They will be brought to center stage. Laws will be made infringing on the religious religious liberty and freedom of worship which would necessitate that God's people will stand out. This is prophesied in the book of Revelation chapter 13. Satan threatens. In Revelation 13, verse 11, he says, And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. This beast being referred to here is the United States of America. Going down to verse 12, and he, that's the US, exercised all the power of the first beast before him, and caused the earth and them that dwell in daring to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. This first beast whose deadly wound was healed, I don't have the time to explain everything but represents the system that existed before the papacy, the Roman Catholic system once before who had a system of worship that was ruling this world and we'll get to understand how he says all should worship that beast now from verse 13 he says and he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire to come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the first beast which had the wound by a sword and did live and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed now from here already even if you don't know what the image of the beast is you can tell very well that it's a negative thing and it's an issue of worship now if satan's wrath is against those that keep the commandments of God the commandments of God already says we should only worship God and now another system is created and they are telling these commandment keepers to worship something else whatever that thing is what do you think then will happen when the image was built by Nebuchadnezzar it was only then that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were singled out because while everybody was bowing three of them they stood up if that incident never happened we would never have had an issue where we see Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego standing out so also at this time when an issue comes to worship an image to the beast or of the beast it will necessitate that God's people will refuse This is what will bring God's people into prominence. Who do you think is going to say, like we read in Revelation 13 verse 15, they are going to say, make an image to the beast. It is these men, the elite, the people who are the leaders, who are having fellowship with this fallen angel. They are going to bring about a system of things. Whether it is through the economic crisis or the commercial strife, or whether it is the climate issue that they are just pushing up out there for us and saying, no, there's a problem. They are going to use all of these things to bring about a state of things that will cause God's people to be singled out. Laws will be made that will make God's people to stand out because those laws will require that they disobey God's law. And God's people will not want to do that. And this will bring them into prominence. But specifically, what is the image to the beast or of the beast? Reading from Great Controversy page 443 paragraph 1, it says what is the image to the beast and how is it to be formed? The image is made by the two horned beast and is an image to the beast. It is also called an image of the beast. Then to learn what the image is like and how it is to be formed, we must study the characteristics of the beast itself, which is the papacy. When the early church became corrupted. By departing from the simplicity of the gospel and accepting heathen rites and customs, she lost the spirit and power of God and in order to control the consciences of the people, she sought the support of the secular power. The result was the papacy, a church that controlled the power of the state and employed it to further her own ends, especially for the punishment of heresy, in order for the United States to form an image of the beast. The religious power, take note now, the churches, religious power, not just churches, of course, all religion, must so control the civil government that the authority of the state will also be employed by the church to accomplish her own ends. Whenever the church has obtained secular power, she has employed it to punish dissent from her doctrines. Protestant churches that have followed in the steps of Rome by forming alliance with worldly powers have manifested a similar desire to restrict liberty of conscience. An example of this is given in the long-continued persecution of dissenters by the Church of England at that time, of course, going down to the next paragraph, paragraph 4, it says it was apostasy that led the early church to seek the aid of the civil government and this prepared the way for the development of the papacy, the beast. Said Paul, there shall come a falling away, and that man of sin shall be revealed. That's 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 3. So, apostasy in the church will prepare the way for the image to the beast. End of quote. We are looking forward to a time and we see it already creeping in where the churches in the world especially in the united states of america will so control the government we saw something like that a sliver of it during the days of donald trump with all the good things he achieved and with all the good intentions of many people who are republicans today and i sympathize with a lot of things that they are pushing forward like being pro-life and also wanting the economy to be stable and many other good things they talk about i'm not against that But then, a time is coming when there are some people who are going to be among those who are religious, the churchgoers. They are going to seize the power of the state and use it to push forward their own aims. We once heard about Senator Sylvia Allen. I believe in the state of Utah. She is a state senator now, not a federal senator who pushed forward the idea that a bill, which is a law, should be made to require everyone in the state or in the country to go to a church of their choice and she specifically said on sunday now that's for the u.s you wonder how the rest of the world will fall in line it's not a problem in israel presently they are debating it constantly for years now for over 10 years perhaps getting to 20 years or so they've been debating on how to make sunday a legal day of rest and in the eu generally in the european union countries many of them have already adopted sunday as a day of rest legally you are not supposed to work except certain things that they permit it's already spreading these are religious laws that they are making and anybody who doesn't comply you are going to be in trouble these are the things that will bring god's people into prominence we have seen what this will be they are making an image of the beast but what will happen to those who doesn't follow remember we read in verse 15 that those who will not worship the image of the beast should be killed that's revelation 13 verse 15 those who will not worship the image of the beast should be killed and that's what talk brings us to the topic of our devotion today which is God remembers his own. At such a time, God's people are going to be in trouble. What are God's people supposed to do? Isaiah 8 verse 9 and 10 tells us what the world is doing. God already has seen it and has prophesied through Isaiah. He knows what the world is doing. They are associating with the devil and with themselves. He says, Associate yourselves, O ye people, and ye shall be broken in pieces. And give ear, all ye of far countries. Gird yourselves, and ye shall be broken in pieces. Gird yourselves, and ye shall be broken in pieces take counsel together and it shall come to naught speak the word and it shall not stand for god is with us amen for the lord spake thus to me with a strong hand and instructed me and he's instructing you too that we should not walk in the way of these people saying say ye not a confederacy do you know what a confederacy is coming together it's just like babylon wanting to build babel which is what the european union says they want to do God says, don't walk in the way of these people. Verse 12, now, say ye not a confederacy to all them to whom these people shall say a confederacy. Neither fear ye their fear, nor be afraid. Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself, and let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. And he shall be for a sanctuary, but for a stone of stumbling, and for a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel, and for a gene and for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many among them shall stumble and fall, and be broken, and be snared, and be taken. Bind up the testimony seal the law among my disciples so God is sealing his people what is he using to seal them the law they are commandment keepers once again we are seeing it here and he goes on to say and I will wait upon the Lord that hideth his face from the house of Jacob and I will look for him behold I and the children whom the Lord hath given me are for signs and for wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts which dwelleth in Mount Zion and then he tells us what we should do at this time he says when they shall say unto you seek unto them that have familiar spirits and unto wizards that peep and that mutter shall not the people seek unto their god for the living to the dead to the law and to the testimony if they speak not according to this word it is because there is no light in them amen So we see that the devil is threatening. Those who will not worship the image of the beast will be killed. And then, if you go down to Revelation 13, verse 16 to 18, it says, And he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, uh, and free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Hmm. Now, Remember that they have already threatened to kill those who don't worship the image of the beast. And now a mark is given. But God has his own threat. And that's why I just read in the book of Isaiah chapter 8, reading from verse 12, God says, Neither fear ye their fear, nor be afraid. And verse 13, he says, Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself, and let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. Because, yes, the devil may threaten and make us afraid, but God has his own threat too. No, it is not just him. God has his own threat. Re- Revelation chapter 14, reading from verse 6 to 12, gives us the message of the three angels. I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to them that dwell on the earth. And the first angel said with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come. And remember that they are saying they worship to worship, you should worship an image to the beast. That's Revelation 13. Now, Revelation 14, verse 7, God now says, Worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of water. So, the people of the whole world are going to be brought to a, a crossroad. Either worship God who made the heavens and the earth and the only way to remember God as creator is to keep the Sabbath by the way or you worship the image of the beast the beast is saying worship me or i kill you and then God is saying worship me that is what you are supposed to do and then he goes on and the second angel says Babylon is fallen is fallen that great city because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication but the third angel's message is the most fearful threatening that has ever been given to mortals Satan's own threat of killing those who do not worship the image of the beast is a small matter here in revelation 14 verse 9 he says and the third angel followed them saying with a loud voice if any man worship that beast we read about in revelation 13 and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with the fire with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever. And they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever received the mark of his name." But now, who are the people that are comforted by this message? Verse 12 says, here is the patience of the saints." And then the next statement tells us those who are comforted by the third angel's message. It says, here are they that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. Now... What does that tell you about the crisis that is coming very soon? The crisis is going to be between commandment keepers and commandment breakers, only two classes of people. To worship the image of the beast means to not be a commandment keeper and to be on the side of God at this time is to be a commandment keeper. So while Satan is making his threat against God's commandment keeping people, God also gives his warning to the world. Jesus had already said in the book of Matthew 10 verse 26, Fear them not therefore for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be made known. Verse 28, it says, Fear not them which kill the body but are not able to kill the soul but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So i mentioned earlier concerning the mark of the beast and the seal of god those who keep god's commandments are those who are going to be saved and i mentioned especially the sabbath we read in isaiah chapter 8 reading from verse 16 when god was bringing out his people he said bind up the testimony seal the law among my disciples we see constantly repeated isaiah and revelation that god's people are known by his commandments they are the ones that keep it and i said the Sabbath is the main sign that shows the people of God, those who worship him. Remember the first angel's message says, worship him that made the heavens and the earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. When you go to the commandments of God, where do we see a commandment talking about worshiping him that made the heavens and the earth? Is the fourth commandment, Exodus 20 verse 8 to 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord. In it thou shalt not do any work, neither thy man servant, thy maid servant, thy ox, thy stranger that is within thy gate then it goes on in verse 11 to say for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and all that is therein therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath that is the commandment being referred to while satan is making his threat in revelation 13 God is giving a message in revelation 14 saying worship him that made the only commandment that tells us who made is the fourth commandment when we keep the sabbath day holy it is a sign that's what is written in Ezekiel 20 reading from verse 20 it says hallow my sabbaths and there shall be a sign that's like a seal between me and you that you may know that i am the lord your god revelation romans 4 verse 11 tells us that the sign is the same thing as a seal a sign is the same thing as a seal that's romans 4 verse 11 now the only commandment that shows us the God we are worshipping as told to us in Revelation 14 verse 7 worship him that made how do I know who I'm worshipping how do I know I'm worshipping him that made the heavens and the earth and the sea and the fountains of waters Ezekiel 20 verse 20 says hallow my Sabbaths, and there shall be a sign between me and you that you may know that I am the Lord your God Out of all the commandments, there's only one that tells us which God we're worshipping. Because every other command, we can find it in one other religion or one other constitution of any other nation. You can go and check it. Lying, stealing, adultery, covetousness, killing, don't have any other God, don't make idols, you can't find those things in Islam. But the only command that distinguishes the god of heaven from every other god is the fourth one you can go and check it you'll see that that is the only commandment that you can't find in the commandments or principles of every other rich nation or god that is the only one that identifies who we are worshiping and that is why the sabbath is the seal of god it is it that contains his name his signet of authority and his dominion which is the world. In the six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth. That is his dominion. Who is it that made the Lord? And then what is his sign of authority? He created. This is the commandment that we are referring to and that is why it is the seal of God. But on account of God's people refusing To break the commandments of God, they are going to be singled out as the troublers of Israel, and this is what will bring them to distress. Reading Great Controversy, page 621, paragraph 2, we are told, The season of distress and anguish before us will require a faith that can endure weariness, delay, and hunger, a faith that will not faint through those severely tried. The period of probation is granted to all to prepare for that time. Amen. End of quote. Now, we are told in page 622, paragraph 1 and 2, Those who exercise but little faith now are in the greatest danger of falling under the the power of satanic delusions and the decree to compel the conscience. And even if they endure the test, they will be plunged into deeper distress and anguish in the time of trouble because they have never made it a habit to trust in God. The lessons of faith which they have neglected, they will be forced to learn under a terrible pressure of discouragement. Let me pause here for a while to understand this. When we come to that time of trouble, it says, those who have not learned to exercise faith, two things are going to happen, they will fall under the satanic power, or secondly, before they can endure that test, it will take them a lot, they will suffer. So what does it mean to exercise faith now, such that when that time comes, it will be easier for us to bear the distress and anguish. Or what does it mean to not exercise faith that when it comes that time to be so difficult for us that we will fall away or we will find it difficult to stand it to be under great stress that we will stand? Simply put my brothers and sisters, if today, under the distress and trouble that comes to you, you are told to sacrifice principle to gain something, you are actually required to exercise faith at such times. You are told you will lose your job unless you disobey God. Or you are told that you won't get the job unless you disobey God. Or you are told that you, to maintain your marriage, you must disobey God or do something you know is wrong that is not in harmony with the principles of God. Or you are told that in order to get married, you must do something like that. Or you must cheat. Or you must break the Sabbath. Go for the interview on Sabbath. Go for that your boss's wedding on Sabbath so that you can preserve that good relationship. Or you, if you want to preserve the job, come to work if in such times you have been compromising you are losing the opportunity to learn how to exercise faith when that time comes you will fall under the power of satanic delusion or it would since you've not made it a habit to trust god like we just read go and check it great controversy page 622 paragraph 1 It says because they have never made it a habit to trust god they will be plunged into deeper distress and anguish brothers and sisters I continue to read in our paragraph 2 it says we should now acquaint ourselves with God by proving his promises Angels record every prayer that is earnest and sincere. We should rather dispense with selfish gratifications than neglect communion with God. The deepest poverty, the greatest self-denial with his approval is better than riches, honors, ease and friendship without it. We must take time to pray. If we allow our minds to be absorbed by worldly interests, the Lord may give us time by removing from us our idols of gold, of houses, or of fertile lands. Amen. End of quote. So you see the necessity, how it is that we can stand in that time before the Lord can deliver us. We must learn to exercise faith today. We must learn to prove His promises today. We must learn to have great faith today. The trouble that is coming is no small thing, brothers and sisters. It is not something that just any kind of little faith can bear. You must have great faith At that time, if you must be able to stand, we must have strength of character. I am reminded of how my Lord Jesus overcame those that came against him. When he was taken that day to, to, to Caiaphas, the manner that Jesus chose to show his strength is not the way we see today. It was quite unconventional. He didn't retaliate the world does does a show of power by brute force and by the force of arms the strength of nations is measured by how many weapons they have but that's not how our lord measures him his own strength we are told in messages to young people page 412 paragraph 1. It says strength of character consists of two things power of will and power of self-control many youth mistake strong uncontrolled passions for strength of character but the truth is that he who is mastered by his passions is a weak man the real greatness and nobility of the man is measured by his power to subdue his feelings not by the power of his feelings to subdue him the strongest man is he who while sensitive to abuse will yet restrain passion and forgive his enemies end of quote brothers and sisters in this time of distress the people of god will have to manifest this strength The same patience, forbearance and courage that Jesus manifested under persecution. And like we saw in our devotion, the Lord did not forsake many in those days and he will not forsake us today. All the people we see, whether it is Joseph in Egypt, Daniel in the lions and the three Hebrew boys before Nebuchadnezzar, Peter, when he was locked up in prison, Jeremiah, in the dungeon, he did not forsake them. But the Lord will not forsake his people. While the wicked are planning to kill them, Oh, the Lord will rise up. Isaiah 33, reading from verse 1, this is what will take place at that time. This prophecy will now come to be fulfilled. He says, Woe to thee that spoilest and thou wast not spoiled and dealest treacherously and they dealt not treacherously with thee when thou shalt cease to spoil thou shalt be spoiled and when thou shalt make an end to deal treacherously they shall deal treacherously with thee o lord be gracious unto us we have waited for thee Be thou their arm every morning. Our salvation also in the time of trouble. At the noise of the tumult the people fled. At the lifting up of thyself the nations were scattered. And your spoil shall be gathered like the light gathering of the caterpillar. As the running to and fro of locusts shall he run upon them. The Lord is exalted for he dwelleth on high. He hath filled Zion with judgment and righteousness. And in verse 10 it says, The Lord says, Now will I rise, saith the Lord now will i be exalted now will i lift up myself and the people shall be as the burnings of lime as thorns caught up shall they be burned in the fire hear ye that are far off what i have done and ye that are near acknowledge my might the sinners in zion are afraid fearfulness hath surprised the hypocrites who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings He that walketh righteously and speaketh uprightly, he that despiseth the gain of oppressions, that shaketh his hands from holding of bribes, that stoppeth his ears from hearing of blood, and shutteth his eyes from seeing evil, he shall dwell on high, his place of defence shall be the munitions of rocks, bread shall be given him, his waters shall be sure, thine eyes shall see the king in his beauty, they shall behold the land that is very far off. Amen." at this time god is going to come to deliver his people while they are locked up in dungeons and cells to perish some of them have run to the mountains without a home living in poverty The Lord will rise and Revelation 15 will finally be fulfilled. It says, And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. Remember that God said that anyone who worships the beast or his image would drink of the wine of of the wrath of God. Now that wrath will come. In Revelation 15 verse 1, seven angels bring that wrath. Verse 2 says, And I saw as it were a glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty just and true are thy ways thou king of saints who shall not fear thee o lord and glorify thy name for thou only art holy for all nations shall come and worship before thee for thy judgments are made manifest amen In eventually revelation 16 comes and the seven last plagues the wrath of god begins to be poured out on those who want to kill the commandment keepers the lord delivers them he does not forget his own goes on to say in revelation 16 the first plague reading from verse 2 is poured on the earth and there's a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and worshiped his image and the second angel poured his vial and the the sea became as the blood of a dead man, and the living souls in the sea died. The third angel poured out his vial, and the rivers and the mountains of waters became blood. And at that time, a voice was heard in heaven, confirming the justice of what the Lord was doing. And then, in the, f- the fourth angel, in verse eight, poured out his vial, and upon the, upon the sun, and it was given to scorch the men with fire, and they were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed the name of the Lord. And the fifth angel poured out his vial on the seat of the beast, and it was full of darkness, and they ignored their tongues for pain, and they blasphemed God of the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, but they repented not, and the sixth angel also poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up. And the seventh angel poured out his vial, and what followed was hailstones, voices and tongues thunders and lightnings and a great earthquake such as was not since there were men upon the earthquake the bible says in revelation 16 verse 18 so mighty an earthquake and so great and the great city was divided into three parts and the cities of the nations fell and great babylon came in remembrance before god to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath and every island fled away and the mountains were not found and there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven every stone about the weight of a talent and men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, for that plague thereof was exceeding great. Amen. Thus shall the Lord deliver his people from the hands of Satan, whose wrath they have faced for many years. God did not forget his own in the past. He has promised that in the future, when we are brought to a perilous time, when we are in the time of distress and trouble, he will not forget his own. Brothers and sisters, whom do you fear? Will you fear the Lord and keep his commandments? Or will you fear the men of this world and fear Satan, and rather receive the mark of the beast and his image by going against God's commandment, especially the Sabbath, and choosing the spurious Sabbath that the world is going to push forward to every one of us Sunday? Which is it? Will you fear God and keep his commandments? The promise of the Lord is that if you fear him and keep his commandments, if you will not allow the devil to deceive you, he promised to deliver you and he promises that he will strengthen you and he will help you. We need to learn to exercise faith today. Trust the promises of the Lord now and it shall be well with us for the Lord has great things he has prepared for us and our devotion next tomorrow will see that God has good plans for us. Now is the time to stand for him. There is no crown for those who won't be at cross. Let us learn to carry our cross today. And the Lord will bless you as you do that. Amen. Let us pray. Thank you, dear Father, for the promises given in your word. We trust you that you will do exactly as you have said. And the lessons we have heard from other people's lives in the past of how you delivered them is a comfort to us. And your promise, the prophecy you've given to us is a comfort to us to know that you will deliver us too and you will save us. Thank you, Father. Help us, Lord, to exercise faith today prove your promises so that we can be on your side that when the time of trouble comes our knees will not knock but that we will be able to stand firm and face the ire and wrath of the devil against us please do this for us O lord and take the glory In jesus name i've prayed amen